Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 54 Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth, for the insolent have risen against me, the ruthless seek my life, they do not set God before them. But surely God is my helper, the Lord is the upholder of my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. In your faithfulness put an end to them, with a free will with a free will offering I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eyes looked in triumph on my enemies. Judges chapter six, verses one through ten. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. The hand of Midian prevailed over Israel, and because of Midian, the Israelites provided for themselves hiding places in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. For whenever the Israelites put in seed, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the land as far as the neighborhood of Gaza, and leave no sustenance in Israel, and no sheep or ox or donkey. For they and their livestock would come up, and they would even bring their tents as thick as locusts. Neither they nor the camels could be counted, so they wasted the land as they came in. Thus Israel was greatly impoverished because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. And I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians, and from the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove them out before you, and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not pay reverence to the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you live, but you have not given heed to my voice. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1-5 through 5. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Good morning and welcome to the 15th Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 54, Judges 6, and 1 Corinthians 2. There are two um, martial virtues that come to mind in the readings from Judges 6 and 1 Corinthians 2. Um, the first, the the kind of, I think the cardinal virtue, or the highest virtue, at least in terms of being grunts, um, is humility. And we hear that in Paul saying, um, 
I didn't come to you with lofty words or wisdom, um, but rather weakness, fear, and trembling. Um, and that to me, you know, sounds like humility. I didn't try and make a big thing about how much I knew or how much training I'd received. Um, I came, you know, in in you know, in the real uh, state of my soul. You know, I was afraid. I had this Damascus experience, and um, I didn't hide behind my status and power. Um, and that I think has a lot to do with humility. On the other hand, in Judges six, um, the the Israelites are being oppressed, and they cry out to God. And the prophet that God sends, the first thing that the prophet does is remind them that you uh, you haven't been upholding your part of the deal. Um, you paid reverence to the gods that uh, you know of the Amorites uh, in whose land you live, um, and so they suffer um, because they have they have failed to be the kind of people that God has called them to be. And that suffering um, is also important because I think another uh, primary virtue of grunts is to be long-suffering, to be patient and to endure, and in particular to endure suffering, um, to take all the shit that gets thrown at you. Um, and, uh, But in the, the case of Judges 6, that suffering was earned. Um, there was a promise, if you do this, then I'll be with you. But the Israelites have not done that, and God is not with them. And on their own, they're pretty weak. Um, not necessarily humble, um, just militarily. They're weak. They don't, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, and so the suffering um, is this really complicated phenomenon. Um, on the one hand, it's, it's not good in and of itself. Um, it isn't good to suffer. Um, but when suffering comes, if it is not earned or deserved, um, that somehow has this mysterious effect, according to Romans 5, to build up your character. I think of the martyrs who welcomed suffering, who didn't flee from it, didn't you know, hide, could have you know, had all these options to run and hide from the Roman persecution and Jewish persecution, um, and they didn't. Um, and so that ability to suffer is not the same thing as, you know, like what brings the suffering on. Um, in Judges 6, they weren't doing something right by suffering. They weren't persevering. Um, they were suffering. That's all. And they didn't have to suffer because they could have upheld their part of the bargain. Um, so God, and I don't, I don't want to give anything away from the following um, verses in Judges 6, um, but uh, there are these, yeah, these fine differences, or this fine kind of nuance in suffering and, and endurance. Um, you know, the the endurance that I and other soldiers might have had in like a 24-mile road march or something, or 12-mile road march, um, it's not it's not earned or it's not like, it's not necessarily something that we've done, we've done something wrong and now we have to do this. And it's also not exactly persecution, um, but the ability to take a beating and keep going, you know, to walk. <laughs> I still have this image in my head of um, a platoon RTO uh, at Bragg a long time ago, 
um, <laughs> we, we stopped and the medic, I guess, knew him really well and was like, sit down and take off your fucking boots. And we'd been walking, I don't know, 10 or 11 miles. Um, and it was just a, a short break. And the RTO just had refused to take off his boots and he was not good at caring for his feet. And so he had something like three or four major blisters on his feet. And then the medic um, forced him to stop you know, marching. And some people's feet are just really sensitive or whatever, but this guy just didn't take care of his feet. So on the one hand, like it, it was this like deserved suffering, but also like he was willing to do it because he wanted to be with everybody else. He didn't want to stop. There's a big argument about you know whether the RTO was going to get uh, taken back to the aid station, but the the lieutenant forced him to basically. So there's these there are these really find differences in suffering um in judges six uh it wasn't brought on by injustice it was brought on by you know political reality they had failed in their side of the bargain with god and they were militarily weak and so of course midian and amorites and amalekites all oppressed them in um in the war in the age of the martyrs in the first couple centuries after christ um, it wasn't earned, uh, you know, it wasn't something that they had done wrong and they were being made to suffer, uh, like, you know, the, the Hebrew slaves in Egypt. Um, but there's, there was something in them that, that made them think I can do this. Um, God is on my side and they were right. Um, and then of course you get the, you know, just, just bare, you know, ability to take a beating and keep going, like with the RTO, like, I don't intend to moralize the pain he was going through, like, it it was expected, uh, you know, if you'd asked anybody, he didn't care for his feet properly, I think he had a foot thing, and he just didn't like to take his shoes off or something, anyway, um, and so we should be careful not to um, think in too generic terms when uh, we think about suffering in particular, it's such a significant topic for so many people. Um, but what it means to be a grunt and how being a grunt maps onto being a Christian, uh, how being one can help you be a better other, um, and vice versa. I think Christians can make good soldiers, and I think soldiers can make good Christians. Um, and for a, a lot of people in my history that that would be like a that'd be a head scratcher because there's only one thing that soldiers do um, and that's kill uh, as a veteran six years in the army I know that's not true um, very likely some of my listeners and, and other soldiers and veterans would tell you that's not true uh, you know just because I'm not killing someone or my job isn't to kill someone doesn't mean I'm not a soldier so there's this kind of double-sided you know problem <laughs> of putting soldiers in a box um, that, um, you know, A is not true, but B just kind of complicates and makes it almost impossible to interpret some of the the passages that have to do with soldiers, and not just about their virtues, but about soldiers, actual soldiers. Um, and so I think it's important to um, think about these nuances um, to consider how soldiers can be Christians, 
good Christians, and Christians can be soldiers, um, little s soldier, um, you know, tipping my hat to the diversity within the military, um, that there isn't just, that soldiers aren't just one thing, um, but that they are many, and that there's, um, you know, diversity and uh, goodness uh, in the form of virtues that we can actually discern from the military if we have the patience uh, to look and the the honesty and the integrity uh, to look well. A prayer for the Army from the 1942 Army and Navy hymnal edited by Ivan Bennett. Lord God of hosts, whose power is from everlasting to everlasting and whose name is above every name in heaven and earth, Keep, we pray, keep, we pray thee, under thy protecting care, the army of our country and all who serve therein. Defend them amid violence on land or sea or in the heavens, and grant that they may be a sure defense and a safeguard for the people of the United States, and a security for such as come and go in peaceful and lawful pursuit. In time of peace, keep them from evil, and in the day of conflict, suffer not their courage to fail that they may guard the American heritage against those who would destroy or straighten the liberties of government by the people, and to that end, to the end that the blessings of religion and law may be preserved to posterity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.